record now recording I testing testing one two let's go Girl, I feel when I'm when I'm rolling by the body. I know them and them are fooling by the body. Everything you do, me never told nobody, buddy. You say your man can't control your body, so they can rock your body. 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 Yo, yo, yo. Yo, yo, yo. Testing, testing. One, two. Uh... Episode nine of Under Arbo, my, uh-huh. my co-host said I should only say the, the full name so that yeah. people know what we're talking about. Yeah, we've got a special guest in the house, and we also have a special sound in the house with a special guest. If I got it, yeah. Okay, I'm okay, the- Joe Biden. Okay, Joe. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. <laughs> and I'm not the only one who's excited you, for this thing. To be honest. Uh, I guess she can introduce herself so that I don't announce people's government names. She said something really cool the last time. But yeah, go for it, go for it. Hi guys, so it's Karizi Fashizia here, making it look easy. What's good in the hood, my niggas? Yeah, B, you see you guys, uh, you guys are in store for an episode. I don't know. Got something to say, Vic? Got something to say, Vic? Hey, the boy RJ, the god himself. Obviously, I'm out here. Ten toes, ten toes. Yeah, let's get it, man, let's get it. Am I the owner who doesn't have like a nice lyric to their name or something? I must, I must suck at this shit. But yeah, guys, oh my gosh. So getting to this journey has been very difficult because uh, we had instant issues. There's been load shedding. But for those who waited, thank you. We're going to start off on a very serious note. Alcohol and cigarettes are back. And it's no surprise that, yes, we're happy. We're jiving. We've been drinking, whatever, whatever. But the story of gender-based violence is also now an issue again with um, the justice for Kwasa this past week. And I mean, it's an ongoing trend. So this is my first take before I pass it over to Karizi and RJ. Fuck the feds. They've got the wrong priorities. Um, what do you guys think about that? I think our hosts, our guests come in first. Yeah, our guests come in first. Okay, so like... Um... I think it's a very layered topic when you start talking about gender-based violence, say, because it's, it happens in every sphere of our lives. If you look at even like socially in our, even in a family, let's start like to in, in the beginning, like the nucleus of everything, our families, we have abusive uncles out there that we don't call out. We have niggas even in our squad who, when they get a little drunk, they're very like aggressive when they're approaching women and we don't call these people out already. So we start talking about um, how society has normalized violence, especially when it comes to a man versus a woman. She's the one who's supposed to be the weaker link. And therefore, if, if a man slaps a woman, it's not a big deal, but let a woman slap a man and everybody's like, oh, why would she do that? You know, it's, it's things like that, that um, even in our society, we've normalized gender-based violence. And that's just the truth. You have people that you you did things past because it's, it's just a nigger man it's your nigger like your nigger is gonna slap his girl once in a while and then you're like ah man you know that wasn't like right that. but then it's not like you're gonna stop talking to your nigger you won't so it's also men calling each other out when they notice bad behavior amongst each other 
and that's another thing that you have to start looking into how you guys as men how are you handling your abusive friends how are you handling your yeah. friends who have been accused of rape and all of these things are you still friends with those niggas or have you have you like either checked them or let them go as a friend so we're starting True. there no, i don't I, know yeah i don't know yeah thanks for the like, I wish I could come here and be like, yo, fuck Cyril and fuck Big Taylor, who has loud energy for guys and alcohol and nothing for GBV. Mm. But like what Carol says, well, Crazy says is, is actually very, very important. Like, at the end of the day, you can shout at Cyril and Big Taylor so much. If you're just chilling and you know your homeboy's a wild nigga, or you know, you know, he does, like he beats women or like he's aggressive or he's touchy and you don't say shit, you don't do shit. Like you're the last nigga to be complaining about what Big Taylor and them are doing. Cause like you are also as responsible, if not more responsible. Like if you don't say shit, if you know your uncle, like Carrie says that, you know, you know the uncle or the, or the, or the father in the household, like is a wild sort of kind of guy, like it's physical and no one checks him. Like it's very, you can't keep the same energy for, for Cyril and them. Or you can't like be jumping on the hashtag RIP so-and-so, RIP so-and-so. Cause like, it's very easy to look at violence, something outside there and something's happening to those people out there. And if it's in your own household, your family, your friends, you're like, oh man, he's just, you know, he's in bad mood or he was a bit drunk or he was a bit this or she made him angry. But like when it's outside, we're able, we're able to jump on the hashtag quickly. But if it's in your own household or around your own circles, you kind of like, you know, look away. Niggas look away. They like pretend like they didn't see anything or they just say, yo homie, you're wiling and they keep it moving. Yeah, That's I mean, it, it goes back to what Kara says that you we end up being part of the problem by us not calling out these shady things which are probably happening in our own families and in our own social circles, you know. And um, like for, for this girl, where like um, I've been seeing people say that her his family knew that he was abusive and they he's, they still forced her to stay in that relationship. They're like, listen, we know he's he's crazy, so still stay just for the safety of your life. Like stay with this abusive nigga, and it starts off there. You are the mother to this child. You're uh, a sibling to this brother who's very violent. And your first response is you're forcing someone else's child to remain in this abusive relationship just because you couldn't call out this nigga from the beginning. You've known he's been violent. Why didn't you seek help? Why didn't you look into ways to control his violence or even like have put him in anger management, something? But instead, you're, for, you're putting the responsibility on another human being who's already scared and insecure as is. Yeah. And now you're forcing this girl to stay in this relationship with a guy who's abusive. And we don't call them out. So it's also like it starts off there. And we look at government and how they haven't ma- responded well. Like it, they're always like what um, RJ was saying. They're talking about the cigarettes and the alcohol as if that's a catalyst. It's not. It's policies, it's the fact that the police are not doing their jobs. It's because um, there are no harsh sentences for people who commit such heinous crimes in the society. And rapists can like stay in jail for a year and then they're out. Like, for example, I think Uyineni is um, a murderer at the time. He had been in jail before and then they released him back into the public. And then now it's things like this that come up where people who are repeated offenders, they are repeat offenders of the same crime and how are we not looking into them? Why don't we even have like a, what's the thing that they have in America, that registry for sex oh, offenders? Like, 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 the list, like the sex offender list. Yeah, yeah we, we also need to have like a gender-based violence of lists out there because yeah. we need to know these niggas, bro. So like, interesting now that you brought that up, sorry for just cutting it up. I was watching some um, documentary in the midweek about pedos 
and I think we all know what pedos are. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. it also pertains back to the list that you're talking about how in the US it's it's accessible to the public to see who are the pedophiles and there's a whole registry for it. And the notion why it's not here is people don't want you know this cancel culture thing and people don't want the news that they know that they might be staying with a pedo in their community. But I find that very, very flawed because if we don't know and we don't hold these people accountable and we don't show face of who it is, we will never be able to protect the people that we're trying to protect from these sick, twisted individuals. But sure, you can go back for it, you can go back for it. It's it's very sad. Yeah. It's very, very sad. Like, I think on the police side, sorry, just to cut back to that shit, like, I think the fact the police are just so bad at handling rape and sexual assault and gender-based violence means that most women who experience those things actually never even end up reporting it. So like the niggas who do end up spending a year in jail are like one, two percent of the niggas out there who are busy raping and physically assaulting women, sexually assaulting them. So it's like because the police can't don't know how to fucking do their job properly, it's like a lot of women just have to bite the bullet and go through life with the trauma, carrying the pain, knowing the person who assaulted them or person who's you know, infringed on them is still out there running around so that's a fuck like honestly as much as Bethlehem needs to like get his act in order the police need to start like actually treating rape in a serious way treating gender-based violence in a serious way and not telling women to go back to their homes if they're being beaten up by their husband or whatever just like it's it's you know like it's do your fucking job to the cops kind of thing like you guys don't do your job in most cases but this is like such a widespread pervasive issue that like it's easy to chase a guy for having cigarettes in his pocket but like actually dealing with the person who's beating his wife, yeah, I'll, run, I'll turn your head and say, no, go back to her. It's wild. And it's also like the police as well. And I can tell you for, as a girl, I've been kid called by a police, like you, a policeman, you will see a vehicle parked mm. at the mall, you walk there, and it's not even like you're wearing anything that's like revealing or ridiculous. And please, even if you were, even to, if you were. Yeah, like exactly. We're not even going to tell women that they shouldn't wear whatever they want to wear. And these niggas will be like, hey, 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 my babies. And I'm like, you, you are the ones who are supposed to be protecting people. So now you're already perpetrators as is. And it's very difficult for us to even start critically addressing like gender-based violence and abuse and all these things when the people who are supposed to be protecting us are the ones who are actually doing it. And I can tell you there's a good percentage of girls who are going to tell you they've been kept called by the police before. And instead of uh, you making us safe, you make us afraid, you know, sure. there's that um, fear that day. Just on that notion, if you don't mind me asking, what do you feel, like how do you feel about the notion of maybe defunding the police? Because I mean, they we are part of. It's an essential service. We cannot, we cannot define defund the police. It's not even that. I think it's also like policies and their strategies and who is leading the police and how they've prioritized. Because right now, instead of them looking at the root cause of this, they, the police should also be crying out because it's the ju- judicial system that's putting these people back on the streets and they have to do double duty. They should have also called them, these niggas out. If you're going to sentence someone for committing a heinous crime, it has to be a very hefty sentence so that we don't get these people back on the streets and you don't make this job of ours very, very difficult. So I'm not for defunding critical services, especially the police. They are a necessary service in as much as they have not good priorities like their priorities are very misaligned but i feel like it's a very good service that we can't defend personally speaking so i suggested something the last time and rj and yourself ridiculed me <laughs> i'm like 
bring back the death penalty. But you guys are like, that's too heinous and too violent. But I think my opinion of this, if this person knows that uh, if you try anything, man, you're going to get yourself hanged. I'm pretty sure these guys won't do it. But RJ and yourself have a different take of what that's too dramatic. Yeah, like, like, I don't know about you, like for me, prison as is now is a massive deterrent, like knowing if I go to jail for anything, like even like smoking weed in public or whatever, like I might end up being someone's cellmate and then having to be in someone's bed. That's a deterrent to commit crimes, but like niggas still commit crimes, you know what I mean? Like, like if you go to jail for most men, like it's probably like one of your worst possible experiences, but niggas still do those shits. Like just because you're umping the ante up a bit, like it's not going to change the fact that policing itself is so dysfunctional that only one in like a hundred men who commit rapes are ever going to be go to court, let alone jail for them. Like that's a loss. Like if it was a case where you're like, men who were rapists were getting arrested and going to jail and it was still happening and like it was like we could maybe say for example okay maybe we need to do some extra like right now niggas are doing this shit and going about their business like the nigga down the road who's on the list that was tweeted out and stuff last year he's still going about his life because he's never had to even worry about like the police investigating Mm. how many rape kits are still like in backlog and women who've actually went to report the crimes are still waiting for them to even do like any kind of tests on the samples and specimens they collected on the night of the event, like all that kind of shit. The death penalty is like a distraction because like, okay, cool, death penalty exists. Now you're murdering people as a government and endorsing that. And secondly, here are people like, out of a hundred people who committed rapes, you're only going to get like 0.001% of them. Again, like it's, it's the wrong solution for the wrong thing. And like it's misdiagnosing where the problem actually lies. And it's like just too heinous a crime, particularly you have to count for the fact that the courts can get it wrong and do you want to be responsible mm. for ending someone's life like at least like if someone's jailed for a particular period of time they've lost time but like if they can appeal and we actually find no they weren't jailed for a particular crime there's at least some mechanism by which they can find recourse once you've killed them they're gone like there's no like oh shit <laughs> my bad <laughs> my mistake. But, yeah. but just to play the devil's advocate on this um, execution thing, I'm just going to take like a lot of Islamic countries where they have Sharia law. If you steal, they cut off your hand. If you rape, they cut off your member and things like that. And they have amongst the lowest rates of crime. So now if we look at execution or maybe harsher crime or harsher penalties for these crimes, do you not think that maybe the violence might just decrease a little bit. Like if we're gonna, if you yeah. know that if, if you're caught killing, like we know you killed a woman or you raped a woman and we're cutting off your member or you're gonna die. Mm-hmm. Are you not desensitized? Like, are you not going to uh, stop doing what you're doing? Yeah, so my thing There's about, no so my thing about like looking at countries like those who have sort of particular strict laws around uh, rape and like the Islamic countries in particular that use at least quote unquote Islamic law. What you have to mm. come for there also like is how difficult it is for women to actually speak about getting raped in those countries because mm. the shame mm. is on them. So like even mm-hmm. their family members will kill them because this woman has come out and says, yo, this person raped me because they brought shame on the family. So when men mm. still do wantonly rape, either they're raping their wives or they're raping their daughters, but they are still raping women. And the issue is that these women can't go forward because when they do, the whole world looks at them and says, oh, what was she doing? She's brought shame on her family. And now they mm. open like honor killings. So like even the same problems that make it hard for women here in this country to report rape are true in those countries. So like, sure, they have like a hundred lashings if you do this and that or whatever, but that's only if they actually like someone 
can freely come out and say, yo, this person did this to me without then becoming a victim themselves. Because even the police in this country will like, again, perpetrate these same crimes, perpetrate these same things. And then when women come forward, they're like, ah, she was being dishonorable. She's coming forward now because she's ashamed that she brought dishonor. Mm-hmm. So like, it's like in all these contexts, like, yeah, you can, again, make the most strict and, and stringent uh, punishment for any of these crimes what matters is how we actually treat them as the police as individuals and communities as the perpetrators mm. as the families all the, like how all these people play that's what really matters the law then just becomes like a secondary function it becomes only after the fact what can we do and as much as you can do things after the fact what have what matters the most is before the fact like what are we doing as a community when we respond to these things when we so, and like mm. in these countries themselves as well where yeah. they men do get their member, members cut off it's like only one in a thousand <laughs> who that's happening to. The others are going about their lives fine, still being, mm-hmm. about being perpetrators and doing these things wantonly because, again, the same issues that make it a difficult issue here to solve make it difficult in those countries as well. So, like, again, going for one, like, I, I guess, solution of saying we're going to just have strict-sounding, heinous-sounding punishments and then we hope that people don't do things. It's like, it just doesn't fly in the face of, like, recorded history, you know, like, even in countries where the death penalty exists, like, niggas still are wild and doing wild mm. things, and we have to deal with why those niggas are wilding and doing wild things, in a sense. Like, that's for me, I think, is a more productive way to go about doing this thing than, like, hoping someone somewhere can say, oh, we'll bring back death penalty. And in this country, mm-hmm. we can't. Yeah, and so in this country, are... yeah, basically, niggas are the problem. In the right. problem. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies tell us on Twitter every day, legal the problem. Funny enough, before I close it up, because I mean, it just plays up for our next topic. I saw a tweet this morning, it's probably also trending on your timelines, where some guy tried to tweet, he's like, every 30 minutes, a man is murdered. And he thought he got somewhere. But the, the reach of the comment was, murdered by another man, like, <laughs> Yes, <laughs> thank you. Like, you, you, you can't try and... Also like, 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 read the room, my nigga. Sure, many niggas yeah, are killed every day, but like, that isn't the conversation we're having now. <laughs> like, that's not the conversation yeah, no. now. Next week, yeah. if we have a conversation about like murder in general, cool, bring up your stat about how many niggas are murdered. But right now, we're talking about violence against women in particular. Mm. Probably that's a Facebook nigga. You know those Facebook niggas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And you think it's coming with the facts? Yeah, I hate them things. But it's also problematic for for men, and I always hate this. Not like men, and sometimes women, where whenever one issue is being raised, like you come with your counterfacts or your counter statistics of these things, and I'm like, you you really re- remove attention from the problem. Like read the room, as RJ was saying, read the room. It's very problematic for you to come and say, but then again, every 30 minutes, a man in South Africa is being killed. But yeah, it's being killed by another man. Like why are you bringing alternative facts? Just like, I think recently the Tory Lanes and Megan the Stallion thing, I think it's been trending for a while where he shot her and niggas are saying she's a snitch for saying that nigga shot her. And I was like, um, <laughs> what <bruh>. you, said? <laughs> <laughs> you know what was funny about that? Because I mean, you already made it up for that topic. We'll supposed to get to that. The guy who's like, I'm sorry, was- but then like, I'm just triggered because this nigga shot me and you're worried about me. I almost died. Well, she didn't die, but then I'm thinking, I'm looking at the trauma of being short and someone says, oh, no, no, um, <laughs> don't worry. Like, you're a snitch. You shouldn't have said Tori is the one who shot you. Bruh, 
I hate niggas actually. Yeah, you don't. Okay. <laughs> Let's the politics first because I feel like there's a lot of banter which has to go through. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. the timelines. Um, it was a remembrance to Marikana. I know RJ's got a huge hate for Cupcake after that yeah. whole scandal yeah. and Zimbabwean Lives Matter. Yeah. I think with the Marikana issue, I saw some news that certain families didn't get like their reparations and nah. I can't still- say I'm not surprised. Yeah, I can't say I'm not surprised. The, the whole situation is fucked, man. Like, it's literally... Like, the workers who were striking in Marikana are still getting paid, like, basically peanuts or less than what they should be getting paid. Cupcake is out here being a president. Niggas with Billy's still... Like, he's living his good life. Niggas love him. They smile at him. They're only really mad at him about cigarettes. They're happy when he brings cigarettes back. It's like, yo, this nigga's like... His emails of him, like, telling the police, like, yo, handle these niggas quick. Treat these niggas like the lawless criminals that he thinks they are. Like, handle this nigga quick, and next day the police come with fucking tanks and just shooting at niggas. Like, it's wild. And this nigga's out just smiling. Now, fuck, fuck Cyril, fuck Lonman, fuck Sibanya, still water that's changed his name to now. Fuck all the niggas involved in Marikana who got the niggas shot and killed. Uh, shout out to the families who lost their loved ones in that situation. Because, man, it's like a wild thing. Like, you get killed, like, because you want to have enough money to feed your family to take your kids to school to, to live true. and like niggas get you killed and then niggas you know they, they go and live their best lives niggas have jobs all over the like niggas have millions and people's families are still like starving and struggling that's that's so, my so, two cents fuck that nigga so just your two cents um and i'll probably cut it short because i want to lay it up for something which is close to home for carol mm-hmm. and i mean don't you think the ANC government and our own specific government, like doesn't government, are synonymous in their ways, just like with how yeah. we've been the Zimbabwean Lives Matter trend. Yeah. But they yeah. have their specific people on the socials, but it's like yeah. they don't give a fuck about what we're saying. Yeah. And, and actually, I think uh, this is a good segue because in Marikana, you see how politicians in the government will use the police as their own personal, mm. you know, gunsmen. They, they use the police to go control the public and to and which is seen also in Zimbabwe where if you ever have anything to say against the government you know the Pope are going to step up to your house you're either going to get jailed mm-hmm. you're either going to get abducted or you're dying and you're going to essentially vanish from the earth and that's what happened with a lot of uh, political fighters in Zimbabwe even like when people are talking about um, Zimbabwean lives matter right now the biggest uh, journalist Hopo is Chungono I think Chinono or Chungono um, he is Harvard educated one award-winning journalist one of the biggest um, investigative journalists in Zimbabwe and then he just re- re- revealed that the government was obviously involved in a lot of corruption and all of these things. And he's in jail right now and maximum prison as well. It's not like they put them in like a corner cell or something. He just said, here's the facts. The government has stole this amount of uh, amount of money and they have these farms that they haven't paid for. They have land that they've taken illegally from people. And he is in maximum prison with murderers, with rapists, with thieves, just for saying that. So you see a government that is using the army and the police as its own personal hitmen where you say something and you're going to die. And that's why Zimbabwean Lives Matters has been trending. I think in the last couple of weeks, I've seen a lot of people talking about it where young people have graduated and they haven't even been afforded the opportunity of going to work. Like here in South Africa, it's 
it's it's different because you and I can afford to finish school and get a job. And I'm not saying that everyone has access to getting a job, no, because unemployment is still very high. But then it's the fact that a number of us actually get to go to a, a job and be employed. As for Zimbabweans, 90%, there's 90% unemployment, which means every person that has graduated from a university in Zimbabwe, if you're not doing hustle, hustles on the side, you are essentially unemployed. And the government is turning a blind eye on it. So that's why people have been talking about Zimbabwean Lives Matter. And I, I also am very skeptical about drawing um, similarities between ANC and ZANU-PF because I still believe to some extent South Africans still have the right. See, RJ can say fuck Cyril and he can yeah. still be alive. In Zimbabwe, I can't just go and say fuck, you know, Emerson Mnangagwa and still be alive you know so it's different way here in south africa there's more freedom of speech you are you're allowed to criticize your leaders you're allowed to to drag the police if they do shit we're allowed to drag them and be like listen y'all niggas ain't stepping up and you're not doing the stuff that you're supposed to do whereas in our neighboring country they can't do that like people can't even go on the internet if i go on the internet right now and say ed needs to die i i promise you i'm gonna get at least five to 10 follows from like random accounts and I will probably get threatened. And if I were in Zim, I probably won't even be alive to like, I won't be free till the end of the day. I'll probably be in jail if you go and you say things like that. So I get where people try to draw comparisons between ANC and ZANU-PF and we see like similarities of like early ZANU-PF um, poking up in ANC, like the stuff that they're doing where they're the ruling party and they're still corrupt, they're still taking from the people. Right now, it's still fine, but I have a feeling that they could be going the Zanokiev way if we're not careful. Like, And that's why I, I probably enjoy like the opposition parties like EFF. And as crazy and as radical they are, they also give like, uh, they, they seem to challenge the ruling party to some extent. And it's good for us i think it's good for the okay. for society it's good for politics especially in this country where you can actively challenge the ruling party without disappearing no 100 um yeah, yeah, just yeah. Quick, um, i think we should get like those red redders uh, i don't know maybe it's just me. <laughs> just on the on the comparison between nc and zana i think it's spot on what karizi is saying like obviously zim has like 10 plus years of independence ahead of us. So like you guys, we can look to you guys like, like where things might possibly go. And like when you start seeing people arrested for making fun of Big Taylor on, on social media, that's like, it's concerning for us. So like, I can still mm. say fuck Cyril and stuff. Cause you know, we have way more freedoms here than, than are in Zimbabwe. Mm. But like when people start getting arrested for just making jokes about Big Taylor or so-and-so on camera, on social media, it's like, oh, where this might go in 10 years if we, don't, if we aren't careful. And we can look to you guys and say, okay, shit, that happens. Um, let's be like, let's be, let's be, you know, conscious of like, you know, this shit can turn wild than it is now because things are bad, but they could be awful. So, RJ, remember that joke you made about how um, Drake can shut down under Arbo? Mm-hmm. In a couple of years, if we're not, if we're not like conscious of what could happen, yeah. they might shut down under Arbo, dog. Yeah, like, the government might be like, you know what? Listen, these things are <laughs> <laughs> but Carol, before I close it off, um, you know as a Zimbabwean yourself, like myself also, do you have any fears of like voicing your opinion, like what you just did, dude? Like, because I mean, also us, just like speaking about what people are going through across the border, like our own people, 
it's really like a huge risk because we do have ties to certain individuals who you might follow on Twitter, what, 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 who are part mm. of the 10 um, of the elite and the aristocrats. I'll just call them that. And they're going about their lives. They're still running their businesses. Nothing's different for them. They're, they're the ones who are retweeting that nurse to our fucking timeline. And um, yeah, I mean, their life is going on, but it's not like, we, we, there's no way that we can hold them accountable. Yeah. But do you have any fears of you like voicing your opinion? I think that's just, like the quick question that I have for you. Um, you know, interesting enough, right? I have, I, there was a time in my life where every time I would say something political or have a family member come to me and be like, hey, 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 are you sure you want to say that? Are you sure that's what you want to put out into the world? And then I've realized that because we've been complacent for so long, this is how we have gotten to this place where we've been mistreated for so long. And every time you want to say something, um, they shut it down so fast, the suffering continues. Because if Zimbabweans had made this noise in 2008, this much noise, or we had done so much, we would have been in a better place, I believe. So I, I, I would like to think I don't get afraid. If, if, if I do, then hey, um, life goes on. We need to yeah. speak about injustices of other course. people. Yeah. Given the fact that we are outside of Zimbabwe, I feel like there's nothing that we can fear because by the time they get to us, hey, would have said something. And it's also speaking for people who are in Zimbabwe who, who can't like speak yeah. about it right now. And if they say something, they're going to get abducted. They're going to be terrorized by the police. So every time I look at it, when we speak about like these hashtags, even like gender-based violence, just like when you speak about, when you speak against anything that seems to be infringing on anyone's human rights, you shouldn't be afraid because we are representing a people who actually want to say something, but they can't because if they do, they die. So I can't be afraid because I don't want to seem invincible, but then right now they can't get to me. So whilst I still have the opportunity, let me speak up. And that's the way that I think most young people, especially when you're outside of Zimbabwe, you should be raising, you should be making the loudest noise because a lot of people end up leaving their countries, not because they want to. I always, um, sorry, I digress. But then whenever xenophobic attacks happen and people are like, no, Zimbabweans and Malawians and Congolese people go back to your country. And I'm like, you see the comfort that you have in your, in, in your home right now. Who do you think in their right mind would want to leave that mm. if, it wasn't so terrible in their country. Yeah. Like you see, you have to you get to see your parents every day. You get to see your grandparents, your relatives. Nobody will ever leave home unless if home is drowning. So it's that sort of thing that when I am in a more privileged position, let me speak out, especially against these things and speak for the people who can't speak and we can't afford to be afraid. And that's just the truth. Even now as men, when we speak against, speak against gender-based violence, you can't afford to be afraid of your niggers. Check them. You need to say something because someone's voice is being oppressed. No, no, true. Um, no, thanks for that, dude. Like, I also think yeah. it also speaks for me. And I remember myself and RJ actually spoke about this a bit last week. And um, he's like, dog, keep retweeting my nigger. Like, I'm in a position of where I can actually voice my opinion, even though mm. it goes against what my family might be like, dog, you know what happens when this happens. But like, people at home can't say what I'm saying on this podcast or Ooh. what I'm saying on And I've got a backing from my people from SA. And I mean, they support like a notion that we're trying to push. But shit, I get that. 
Yeah. Like, also, like, we should be aware South Africans how government is actually help facilitating these fuck ups all over the. Yeah. Like, our country has been backing Zanu PF for way too long. It's been complicit in what's been happening all over the region, all over the continent, by doing its nonsense. And, like, we have to be like, Yo, when niggas say, oh, why are these people coming here? Like, well, niggas can come here because fuck it, our government has played a part in keeping up these fucked up leaders in these countries and supporting them financially, politically, militarily, et cetera. So yeah, actually, if you're from Congo, if you're from Zim, come through. Like, fuck it, our government is helping niggas fuck shit up there and you have to live and survive at the moment. So yeah, like I'm like, when niggas get xenophobic and like, why are niggas coming? I'm like, fuck up, shut the fuck up, nigga. Like, learn something about international politics and like know what I'll our own countries doing in the region and why people have the complete right to go wherever they fuck they want to go if their country is being destroyed by maniacs who our government is supporting. <laughs> to conclude that, everybody, read the room again once you want to start with a yeah. big attack. Yeah. Just read the room, please. <laughs> and it's got... also like um, history, like, no, I'm going to make this quite short. It's also like you realize that as South Africans, we we sometimes are not like in touch with our history or we don't know it as well as we think we do because there have been so many wars that our neighboring countries fought for us even like when there were sanctions on like given to south africa during apartheid we were supporting that so that people can be free so it's also understanding that as africans these borders were put by people who were dividing us amongst each other it was britain germany france um who else belgium they were just like okay fine there's the piece of you there and then and then we have allowed these borders that europeans put to define us and define the how we relate to each other as africans and i feel like that's very dangerous because we're going to end up hating each other for no reasons and yeah. they keep benefiting and the more that uh, the more unstable africa is the more europe can take so much from us and we we don't notice it leaving our country because we're we're still fighting our own wars amongst each other which is very you know problematic for me but anyway the united africa is a powerful africa 100% uh damn no no this has been a very very meaningful conversation um, Carol again, thank you. RJ again, this is like your expertise, international politics. You're always calling it out. You write like a lot of um, um, blogs and articles on this. Um, but it's slander and joke time. Yeah, no. <laughs> wait, wait, so, so. before we get to slander, <laughs> slander and joke time. I'm in a good mood, good groove, pull me up. Uh, cancel culture or just the culture <laughs> uh carize already laid it up for us so tory lane's did shit megan the stallion <laughs> it's not funny <laughs> i'm laughing but it's not funny yeah like that nigga tory okay that nigga got that, that nigga got into me fuck tory first of all Short man syndrome, dog. And yeah, he's doing bad for the short niggas. Dog. Hey, dog. Damn. Did you guys see the Insta live that was like trending on Twitter? Please no, no, I, I, I didn't see it. Fuck. I just, I just saw the picture she posted and stuff, like of her being shot, like of feet and stuff. Oh, I didn't see I, that. I watched but... it. Oh, I, I'm, I'm a hottie guy, so you uh, know, I was watching. I was ripping Megan from day one. Um, oh my fuck god. Fuck Corey, guys. Fuck, fuck midget ass niggas. 
Like let's that nigga be, shit. Let's be nice, cause there might be a couple of midget and niggas who listen to this podcast. <laughs> One might be a co-host. No, like, <laughs> you no, know, actually, you you should call them little people. That's the PC term. But when we're talking about Tori, he's a midget. That's a midget ass nigga. So fuck that nigga. As a spokesman for average height niggas, I distance myself <laughs> from the little midget ass nigga called Tory Lanes. Us average height niggas don't claim him. We don't associate with that nigga. Don't assault him and don't beat him up. Don't be verbally abusive towards them. And don't, definitely don't shoot them in the foot while they're walking away from you because you're a piece of shit. Like that's like, they're just things we should know as people. Like I think Tory Lanes mm. just hasn't learned these lessons. But yeah, don't shoot people when they're walking away from you, don't be verbally abusive, don't be physically abusive. It's, like, it's a very straightforward thing, but like, because he's a midget ass nigga, like he, he might forget these things, but yeah, he needs to go to jail for a bit just to calm down. Like, she needs to snitch to properly. She needs to snitch proper. Like, she didn't snitch. She needs to snitch properly. Call the police, bring the motherfuckers in, have no ballistics taken, have them start, like measure his fingernails to know if he can shoot the gun, whatever. Like, he needs to go to jail for a bit just to calm down. Because like, that nigga is crazy. <laughs> Carol, I think you saw the incident, and she was like, he was in the front seat. I think they got into an argument. Look, I just heard a shooting with Twa, and I'm like, so me and Andre spoke about this. I'm like, first of all, why is he holding a gun, dog? You're too rich and too famous to be having a gun on you, fam. Or like, why isn't your bodyguard saying anything? You see, it goes back to our problem where niggas are not holding their people yeah. accountable. Yeah. Fuck. Um, Carol. And it's also in that moment where I, I watched the, the live where Megan was saying that she had to protect, she had a friend, like there was, was just niggas in the, in the car. And it's like four black people in this car, the police pull up. I'm not going to say there's a gun in the car. I'm not going to say I just got shot by somebody in the car because knowing the police and in America, they were all could have died. Yeah. So it's even like moments like this where you see in as much as she was in danger and she had just been shot, her first instinct is to protect people around her. And you're putting too much pressure on this one person. And I know Tori did it because he hasn't said shit ever since that story came out. Like, you know a guilty If he wasn't guilty, he would have come out and said, guys, listen, I didn't shoot Megan. This and this happened. And then every time you see that black woman always end up protecting black men even like when you speak about abuse you know your mother will protect your father if he if he hits her and it's things like that where you're putting so much pressure on black women we can only do so much all we want to do is twerk guys like all we want to do is just twerk and listen to megan the stallion now tori took that away from us so what do you guys think okay i'm not trying to make a joke out of this but what do you guys think megan the stallion said to pro to make a dog she didn't do anything. All she did was exist in her strong <laughs> sexuality, and that nigga was just intimidated. That's all. I feel like, I, he, yeah, he's just a short nigga who couldn't handle like a, a taller, bigger woman who's sexy. He just, like he's just a little punk ass bitch. That's what he is, punk ass nigga. With his receding yes. hairline, please. He needs some <laughs> implants. That nigga needs hair implants. He really should implants. give this nigga his hookup. He's had hair implants before already. He was on Joe Bunny. No, he's rejecting the hair. No, like Joe Budden was asking him about this on his pull-up show. Like, yeah, fam was like, oh, I got hair implants, fam. Look at this shit. <laughs> Fake hair. Really? Yeah. So his scalp is rejecting the hair. I don't, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> the mere fact that he could 
first that he got hair implants on live, like on a live podcast on Pull Up, means now I can't trust that show. <laughs> so I yeah, think, we, we, we really so can't trust Corey. Um, considering that the song came after, I think, so this is my young conspiracy, conspiracy, conspiracy. Um, Big the Stalin was like, yeah, that's why you'll never go number one, like, WAP. <laughs> What's what? She didn't explain anything, but like she knew she had a song with Cardi coming out very soon. And she's like, Yeah, dude, that's why you'll never get a number one. And speaking on that, rap went number one, dude. And uh, shout, shout out to them. them. Shout out and to them. The um, make it um, I might actually watch it again before. <laughs> Can we talk about the reactions of that video? Like niggas be thirsty for days. Like, oh my god. Wait, Carol, I was not supposed to be for that music video. If you don't mind me asking. For for that video. I just watched the (laughs) (laughs) I I watched the reactions on YouTube. Niggas are going crazy. (laughs) Can you blame the niggas? As I really can. Guys, allow us. We we also want to enjoy Megan the Stallion without y'all you guys enjoy. making it look weird. No, y'all can enjoy it. We're not saying don't enjoy. Yeah, we say let's all enjoy as a community. WAP is for all of us. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to speak on that WAP thing anymore. <laughs> I haven't watched it. I remember when I, when I watched the last week. Doc, I think I was just like, what is going on? <laughs> and it's about a clock, a hundred million views. Doc, if I'm not mistaken. In the space of like a week and a half. And I'm like, yeah. Cardi B, you win again. That's how I always said Cardi B over Nicki Minaj. Yeah, please. Over who? Over Minaj. Over Minaj any day. Any day of the week. Are you serious? My reason for that is Cardi B is still that ratchet ass bitch who got into the industry. And she didn't change. Once Nicki got that money, though, she changed on us. And she's married to a pedo. Boom. Yeah. Mm. And she's you know a, what? Nikki is like a six nine. You know the the only reason why I I probably would take Cardi B's side in this particular scenario is the fact that Nikki is is just like adjacent to problematic people like her brother, her man, you know. But if we're gonna talk about her talent and we're gonna talk about the impact that Nikki has, um, she's trumping. Cardi any day like I mean, on everything like you can put Cardi on like you put Nikki on Monster and she freaking ruined the all your goats were ruined ah, in that particular song like oh. fake news fake news fake news fake news so I want- Cardi could never do that Cardi could never be on a song and Kanye might be like uh, I don't know if I should include her verse or not because she might just you know kill me you can Cardi can never I'm just low-key misogynistic Nikki, about that. Nikki never killed my goat. Nikki never killed my goat. I don't I don't know about you. Oh, goat, but my you goat on monster. Hove was left and killed on, on monster. That's my view as a as a host. Hove was left and killed on all anyway. on all his verses on my beautiful doctors to yep. the problem with you niggas when you start standing this niggas, you need to be critical about the people that you follow. Learn I'm, to critic I'm criticize your, your goat. Wait, Jay-Z's verse, Entrepreneur, was hor- horrible. That Pharrell song was horrible. Jay-Z's oh, verse is horrible. I can admit that. But I'm going to admit Jay and say, oh, no, Nikki had a better verse on Monster than Jay-Z. Never. Not no, but I'm going to say, imagine Nikki's verse and Cardi's verse on Monster. Who are you picking? Who are you picking? Not that I'm saying Cardi has, like, yeah. a Monster verse, but then but in like, terms of I bar think, for bar, 
But Nikki is gonna wipe the floor with okay. Cardi. Nikki can boy, hop yes. on a song with niggas and yeah. and like ruin you. Bar for bar, no, Nikki will win. But Cardi will have the more memorable verse for me. Like I'll find myself singing random Cardi bars while I'm walking down the road by myself. Like, uh, you know, like it's gonna happen. Like the uh, Nikki is nice. She'll be she'll be rapping. I she'll be doing her funny voices. But like when I remember the verse, like two weeks later, like when I'm randomly washing the dishes or whatever. Like who knows. With the Cardi B verse, I'll remember that shit for sure. All you bitches is my sons. That's all you gotta know. Okay. 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 Remember all you bitches. That's fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Thank you. Thank you. My return to that is only one of those two has a Grammy. Yeah, for best rap album. Undeserved, but only one of them has it. Didn't deserve it. Undeserving. Thank you. You said undeserving. But yeah, she she got the Grammy over Astroad. Nah, I must give her like my props of it. Do you see that? What's his name? Sai Hai the Prince wrote like Sicko Mode and a bunch of songs on Astroworld. Are you serious? Oh, that wasn't Travis. No, no. Sai Hai the Prince wrote like Sicko World. Like really? Like, yeah, and like a bunch of songs, like these reference tracks and everything of like Sai Hai the Prince doing like the shit for Travis to like redo on the album. So it just feel, like feels more fire on the flame that this was like first, it was like a diss to, it wasn't just to um, Kanye. Yeah. But Sai is Kanye's friend. So why is, why is he allowing such lyrics and like verses on this song which is shooting at Kanye? That doesn't make sense. Can, can we also critically discuss the depleting health, mental health of Kanye and his go-to status, how down it's going? Can we talk about how <laughs> Kanye yeah. is not part of this conversation? We've tried to have a conversation. It's painful. It's painful. It's a very painful convo to have because like Kanye went from having the best discography in rap music to now just be like, yeah, ne? <laughs> Kanye. Yeah. And you know what you know what I hate most about Kanye? It might be his fans. Like mm. they're trying to sell this fake rhetoric that um, oh my gosh, Jesus is king, um, Sunday service, choir. I'm not trying to hear that from Kanye West. That's corny. Cool, yeah. I, I want to listen to Christian ass music. I want to listen to like Cray, yeah. um Song, Oceans, you know, Oceans my jam from Hillsong. I'm not trying to hear from Kanye West who gave me all of the lights now that he's a changed man. Like, I don't want to hear... Wants to... Allow your, your, your rappers to evolve. No, no, allow he rappers evolve. to evolve. He evolved from college dropout to late registration to graduation to 808 to beautiful dark twisted fantasy and Jesus and life of Pablo. That was him evolving. But he should have stopped at some point. He should just stop at some point. Like, she said, okay, I've evolved enough now. There's no need for me to be having Sunday service in the middle of Wyoming with random hype beasts in the crowd. Like, there's no need for him to be doing that. My thing is, it looks like a cow did that, dude. Like, yeah. Nah. Wearing or um, Megan the Stallion, one of her freestyles where she was like, uh, Kanye sided with Trump, so I didn't buy the Yeezys, and ever since then, what I've cancelled the whole or something like that. And I was just like, if you see yourself being dissed in someone's um, freestyle, at some point you need to realize you're no longer a goat. Like we don't care yeah. about you anymore. Like if, and I feel like if the baby wrote a song with you, you aren't the goat. Like you aren't a goat anymore. Not even that guy. <laughs> <laughs> don't you think he lost the plot when? 
he went on a song with Lil Pump, fam. I won't lie to you. Yeah, I like oh, the song, though. The song was a banger. Song was <laughs> in, the, nah. in the club, it That pumps. song was a banger. But there's no reason for him to be making the songs. Yeah, yeah. Pump. There's no need for him to be doing it, but the song itself went in, though. Oh, you should hear that song. Like, oh, I love it. In Cubana. Oh, ah. alcohol in the veins. Oh, oh my God. It brings out the house. I, I miss the feeling. I miss that feeling, dog, of being out and about in the streets. And the jam comes on. <laughs> and you got the licking oh, system. Um, ah. So, I'm so glad we got Reezy here because I think you guys saw that, for, for those who treated this far, that, um, the intro song was a Burner Boy song from one of his old albums. So I'm worried to hear Yao's review on this Burner Boy album with Diddy. And I've got a question I'm going to pose to you guys again. Uh, maybe the same format where maybe reason you go through and then RJ. Yeah. You guys feel like Diddy was trying to appropriate off our African culture here and he failed dismally. Aren't they always? Like... Aren't Americans always trying to appropriate like African culture? Even with Beyonce, they all want to like suck out. And what what really irritated me about this album, right, is I love Burner Boy. I've been with Burner Boy since he like released Alive. And when Burner Boy was like fighting with Nigerian journalists, telling them he's the biggest shit there is, his he's been cocky from day one, and like. I'm so, so surprised he allowed Diddy to do this to his craft. Like, I'm very, very mad that Burner Boy allowed this shit to go on for a good 15 songs. Like, nigga, you could have stopped. And, like, I, I, I don't know, man. Like, I'm very, very disappointed. And the fact that Diddy saying even funny things, I, uh, we, are, we are all from one tribe. And I was just like, bitch, even in Africa, we are not from one tribe. We, we, we might be black, but we are not from one tribe. Like, it's a very little subtle problematic American statement in that freaking album that pisses me off. And it wasn't authentically Afrobeats, like what Bernard wanted. And also, I think I need to take my own advice where I need to criticize my goats and be like listen what what is going on maybe he's trying to grow as an artist but there are a handful of songs like there are a handful of songs that you that are memorable from this album and i guess the only reason why it's like the numbers are going up is because people like diddy and his squad are pushing it but if we're going to listen to a proper burner boy album and then listen to this shit Anything that he did before this is a masterclass. That's my own opinion. Anything before Twice as Tall is masterclass. That's purely authentically burner. And right now he's trying to make his music, I guess, more acceptable. And he's trying to tap into the American market. And like even the feature with Chris Martin, like, okay, I'm, I'm getting angry. My bad. But then, like, as you should. That's yeah. how we brought you. Yeah. He's like, because I'm, I'm thinking about this feature, right? And the song is called Most Monsters You Made, which is, I think, if you listen to the lyrics, it goes more of like Black Lives Matter movement, you know, just like bringing attention to the fact that um, the white people have made black people into these monsters. You have dehumanized us and that, yeah. ha- that has been used as a reason for you to mistreat us. Why the hell would you put a white man there? Like, you know, it's things like that where... He wants to go number now one. The, he wants that number one. <laughs> yeah, he wants that number one. I think he saw the Chris Brown. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, that's the number one thing. 
like you have, there's so many black people who are gonna put you on number one B. Like you're not going to. Why would do Chris Martin be singing about the most? And he's British as well. So if you're gonna be talking about monsters, we know those people have been around the world colonizing. So um. Colonizing, yes. <laughs> so um um, I wanna say probably he's evolving as an artist and he's, he's trying to tap into new markets, which is what explains half of his features. Like the feature with Stormzy, I, I get it. Like he is, he's very inclined to, um, what you call this, collaborate with a lot of American, um, not American, British rappers, like grime rappers, Jay Huss, he's done something with Skipta. Like that's his, his niche, Same, right? Yeah. He's done, yeah. he's done very well collaborating with like British rappers and, the other feature with Salty Saw, he and even that that makes sense because they make good music together. Salty Saw taps into the young African market, and Burner Boys, they see those features make sense. Um, the Naughty by Nature one, I guess probably yeah. that was one of his, I don't know, heroes growing up. Like they wanted to rap with with the Naughty by Nature, the group, and he decided you know maybe it makes sense to maybe that's his thing because I'm trying to understand why is it there. Um, the feature with Chris Martin, why is it there? Like, there's so many things where I'm like, Berna, why are you doing these things? Why? What's your take, RJ? Yeah, I think Kirizi's captured most of it. For me, honestly, I think Diddy is corny a lot of the time. And like, as a community and as a society, like, who's into hip hop and the culture, we have to accept that Diddy's a bit of a corny ass nigga. Like he doesn't get, get cornball juice on something he touches. He may make classics, but there'll be a bit of cornball juice on them. And sadly for Burner Boy, it was mainly cornball juice study and not classic with cornball juice study. That was the issue. Like if he had like maybe the classic in him study working with him, maybe he might have been elevated to the next level where he would evolve. Sadly, it seems to have held him down. Like I'm a Burner Boy fan. I vibe with some songs in the past. Like we can see like the authentic vibe in it and this just felt for me listening to just very flat and almost like scripted like there's like mm. a yeah. script he was given like yo do this do that do that do that do that and here's the soundscape whatever here's the producers you're gonna work with and go ahead like it didn't feel like an, like a, an album you could connect with with an album with an artist who normally connects with his listeners like i'm not a burner boy fan but like when you listen to him he connects with you this time just felt very like flat and not true. And uh, I mean, the the album does have a couple of hits, maybe more misses. Mm. But those jokes yeah. someone said they're like, <laughs> Bruno Boy ran out of fellow Kuti music to buy a job. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Basically. And that's true. Like I, I am thinking about it and I think it's running out of like fellow Kuti samples. Because but also I, I really don't believe um that's the reason because if you listen to old Bernard Boy music there was a time that he tapped into like this reggae vibe I think around his second album on a spaceship that's when he became more yeah. reggae and then he was branching out into hip-hop he hasn't always taken from Fela and still his music was good that's why I even put Rocky Buddy there because it's things like his music has always been good whether you put like uh, an Afrobeats or Fela aspect in it or not and even like um things like All Eyes On Me, where he collaborated with South African rappers, you can still vibe to that burner. Like, and that was in Fela Kuti, you know, there. So he's capable of making good music outside of like sampling Fela Kuti. But this particular album, I don't feel like he tapped into that. I feel like he was probably trying to make it more um, tasteful 
unpalatable for like um, the American market. Yeah. I, I feel so because if you listen to his old shit and even not even like his old old even African Giant like that's just like last year if you listen to African Giant and you listen to this particular album it's just like there's a disconnect it's not the same artist because African Giant was like nigga I've been big and in Africa they know my name just because you in America don't know my name doesn't mean I'm not big and then now this album is just like oh hi guys I'm in America don't you guys want to hear my music let me make it in a sound so that you guys can listen to it and that's how I feel like you responded to like to this and, and considering that you mentioned that um, i think i saw this past week jimmy butler was someone who was bumping to the album i think it was bank on it the song and i'm like you see, oh. he's tapped on he's tapped into the market now yeah. he's gotten his fair share of insta posts yeah. from the biggest sports stars in the world that like you see we we hear music but it also goes back to rj's point that he got corny ass nigga diddy and yes I love Diddy, but like, come on. His yeah. little skits in the album as well, like Diddy. We don't want you calling us one tribe. Like, bitch, nigga, we are black. We are even from different tribes in one country. We are from different tribes right now. Like, How the fuck would we all from one Africa? village. <laughs> Honestly, we're all from one tribe or in one country as black people. The culture, you know, because I've been tapping into the culture. Like... And the culture I, is more than just Burner Boy. You do realize that, right? And you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Diddy's never set foot in Africa. I probably has for like some charity thing. Yeah. But, I don't know. He probably has. Probably, but <laughs> we've never seen it on his social media or Instagram. Or maybe we're, we're still quite young and we, we weren't accustomed to that. But <sighs> corny ass nigga, you see. Really? And... I actually want to say though, I don't entirely hate all the songs. Among yeah, the, yeah no, no, no. there's some nice moments. Yes, uh, especially Bank on It. Like that was a beautiful end to a terrible, terrible album, but it was a very beautiful end in any case, because he worked with J Five, and J Five is one of the best producers that I, I, especially when it comes to like Afrobeats and and British rappers and grime, just like grime people like Jay Huss, because I know yeah. Jay Huss like collaborates with J5 a lot and Burner Boy has been on a couple of um, features on Jay Huss's albums. And even like Jay Huss has been on like, I think outside Burner Boy's album, they have a song called Sickle Down. Yeah. It's just like things like that. You can tell when he taps into people that he usually makes music with, yeah. he makes a good song. Yeah. So every other song that he decided to make with other people, right? I feel like every other, trash song was probably a Timberland production and I'm not going to hate on Timberland because he makes good music but um, not Afrobeats not Burner's genre of music so if you listen to particular songs from especially those that are produced by producers that Burner Boy usually works with things like um, I think Wet in the Sapi also does that and Bebo and like Onyeka Baby like these songs where Burner Boy sticks to what he knows and his producers. He's making good music in this album. But the moment he just strays into that American thing, you can tell where he got lost. So, yeah. But I like as well. Like, I like the, the, the Jordan reference. It's nice. It's very young and hip. And that's a cool song. I, I like that shit. That's our song of the album. So, more, more misses than hits is very unfortunate for someone who was peaking. I think it's at his peak. And, um, very, very sad. I just blame the corny ass nigga that RJ called out here. I've been blaming Diddy for a lot of things, like how. No, uh, no, Diddy shouldn't have touched that album. Like, he could have just, you know, helped promote yeah. it. Yeah. 
with marketing, but he shouldn't have touched that thing. And his little anecdotes and skits in the album are not helping us at all. They're making us even more angry. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I don't want to hear you calling us one type. I like Diddy when he's talking rich boy talk. Like, he's telling you how much money he has, how much he can spend, you know. Yeah. He's telling you how he's a billionaire, he lives like... I, I like that. Like, don't give me some fake inspirational shit, fam. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Like, I'm not listening about the culture, like, when it comes from, from, from Diddy. If you're going to tell me how to make money, I'm listening. But if you're going to tell us where one people listen to the culture, we're tapping into the culture. Nah, Diddy, nah. Fuck <laughs> Y'all are so mean, man. <laughs> Y'all are mean. So, no, we could have done without his voice. That, yeah. that I know, the album could have done without his voice, and, his him, voice huh? and it would have been better. How about, how about that new Drake, though? Huh? Ooh, like it's I usually laugh. don't fuck with Drake, but it's a lie. Laugh, laugh, cry later. Hey, dog. Baby. Damn. <laughs> don't <laughs> sing, fam. Don't sing. Like, no one joined this podcast to hear you sing, bro. I know. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Lover Boy sometime this month, apparently. Uh, so, 32. Yeah. The Dread Crosses. Uh, I won't lie. I didn't I'm, need Dirk on the song. I didn't need Dirk on the song there, hey? You're lying. I, I think I, Dirk. Drake took his feature. Drake took his Drake feature for those 30 seconds that he yeah. got and he made the most out of it. I don't know if I rated him that. Like, I, I love Drake's shit. Like, his shots at Kanye are still sounding crisp. Like, how can his niggas harmonizing and still dissing you? So that's dope. But, like, like I don't know if, like. And Kanye was singing. Yeah. I don't. That's mean. I feel like that's very, very mean of him because the person that he's taking shots at makes very average music and. But it's because Pusha, <laughs> no, Pusha is still shooting, so it's fine. Yo, Pusha's shooting heavy, though. Yeah, so it's like, if Pusha's shooting, Drake can shoot as well. Like, that's my feeling. Like, if Nisa's shooting, shoot back. But don't bitch about it and get the song cancelled. He's not shooting. He's not shooting at Pusha, though. But Pusha's the shooter for his team. Like, Pusha's Kanye's oh, shooter. Okay. Like, Kanye isn't okay. a shooter. We know that. Like, we all know Kanye's no shooter. So Pusha's the shooter. <laughs> Kanye tries to shoot on Twitter. and then Yeah, because, oh. yeah. He starts, he starts like confessing what's going on with the Kardashian family and the Jenners. Can you shooting on Twitter is fun, guys? He called <laughs> nah. Kristen Ong. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. That that's, it concerns me. Those those Twitter rants concern me. But I'm like, yo, who's this psychiatrist? Someone call her, him or her now. Like, get that man help now. Can you call his wife a white supremacist? I could never live down from that. I feel no, like that nigga is trapped. And he, and, and he implied that his wife smashed Meek more. He implied that. He was like, yeah. Like, honestly. Like, who does that? Do you guys think Kanye's got a publicist there? Nah, I don't think so. I don't think it's him. It's him. It's him. It's him. This is him. Someone needs to get. He doesn't have a publicist because even if you look at the Kardashian response to like what he was doing to his rant, you could tell the Kardashians have invested in publicity and like their PR was like as somebody who has bipolar, it's something difficult that you guys wouldn't understand. And as his wife, it's something that I've also grown to live with. Like she made it seem like, oh my God, she's living with, you know, she's dealing with this and you guys just need to be kind to her. But when Kanye steps on that on on Twitter, it's over. You can tell he doesn't have a publicist there. He's just ranting. Even the way he types, I think yeah. the types, the way he types in the spaces, you're like, yeah, this is definitely. Like, he has more typos than me, shit, bro. Like I, I thought I was a typo god, but nah, he kills me. Well, like Kanye is funny, dude. I just hope he seeks help. Yeah, uh, it's very unfortunate, man. Um, 
I think I played like a small snippet of a Nas song, 27 Summers off his new album with Hit Boy. Mm. It's got a couple of hits. You guys should listen to it. Ah, uh, shucks. Okay, we got the we got the countdown now. We got the countdown. Hey, don't, don't expose my broke boyness. Don't don't mention the countdown, fam. Tell me because now I'm a, I'm a broke boy. But I'd like to assume I'd like to assume that um you guys haven't heard it yet because it did come out on Friday and we plan to have this thing sorted out sometime over the weekend. But yeah, I think you guys might listen to, might enjoy the next. I heard half of it. I I heard half of it. And Nas Nas is boring. Like I'm, I'm, I'm like finally come out and say it. Like I've been scared to say it as a hip hop fan because Nas is a legend, but Nas bores me to death. Like I love oh, some wow. albums. I love some. <laughs> like yo, like I literally felt myself zoning out when I was listening to the album. Like yo, fuck, shut the fuck up. Like I was like yo, this thing is boring me lyrically. Like he's done for me. Like he said all he had to say in his career, and he's been one of the best rappers of all time with his pen and he's got some class and his belt. But like I don't know what else I need to hear him say. You know what I mean? Like I'm just like. I don't know, like, I, I tried listening to this album, like, halfway through, I was just like, then Big Sean came on the album at some point, and I was just like, actually, I don't know if I want to do this. Yeah, now that you mentioned it, okay, it's got more misses than hits. So, oh, so is, is this the album where he has the song that he threw shots at Do- Doja Cat? This is the album, with it, but like, I don't know, and I couldn't even call the shot, because we were saying, he's black, so we are kings, we're the kings, we were kings in Africa. I was like, all right, cool, fam, I see where you're going with this shit, and I'm out of here. He's corny like Diddy, right? Yeah. Like, I also to... wanted want to address something that a lot of like I think black culture has been centered around calling black people kings and queens. Yeah. It's it's okay for us to just be normal black people, you know. Yeah. We don't all have to be kings and queens so that people respect us yeah. and all of that shit. Like, nah, be nah. We used we to find like we used to farm those things. That guy they used to be the herdsman, you know. We weren't all kings. Exactly and queens. like all be kings and queens and that's okay and i feel like it's us we're desperately trying to be treated as regal just so white people can treat us the same like our humanity is fine like we are okay just being black people without it being kings and queens like oh my god they gotta stop this shit i'm so glad that you mentioned that because um there's this whole like i wouldn't call it a statement but it's like they're putting us on a pedestal that we actually don't want. Yeah, like I don't want to be a king, fam. I'm cool with being again, you. <laughs> you know, just doing him. And that's okay. So, like we, we we all can't be kings and queens, but anyway. We're trying to rush it up. Final, final um topic, sports, man. I think we can get this done in the next couple of minutes. Only mm-hmm. ball, cause uh, you know, it's just United fans on this specific episode. Yeah. Fuck Ole, Carol, are you for Ole? I, I really feel like that guy has done the best that he can with these average ass players. And it's just that the truth. Um, you can't ask an average team to perform miracles. And that's just a fact. You can't ask an average team to perform I, miracles. I don't know. Like, so Alex Ferguson could get an average team to thrash Arsenal by my 8 2. So, like, I don't know. Like, an example. No way. Like, like, <laughs> like a I feel like we're can... always blaming managers for players that don't step up when we need them to. We yeah. we need to also call out these raggedy ass players that are inconsistent as fuck. How is it that Rashford and Marshall, like both of them, can be in the front there and still not manage to score anything in ninety minutes? And you guys are forwards. How the fuck is that making sense? Rashford um, is a fraud, so that's fine. But like, but then it's things like that where you're supposed to be scoring goals or at least assisting, and you're not doing 
either of that. And you want to blame Ole. We can't blame Ole. He brought Fernandez. Fernandez came and he made a little bit of a difference where he could until he started slacking. But still, he made a difference. It's because we have players who cannot perform. Our front line needs he needs to buy whole new strikers. Like those boys can go take several seats. And I really feel like that Rashford deal that they had earlier on this year was trash. Yeah. That nigga does not deserve any more money. Mm-hmm. He's an average ex player. And if I hear anybody compare that nigga to Mbappe again, Never. I'm killing you. <laughs> and I'm a Man United fan. I'm going to let you know. But I know when that young boy from PSG gets the ball, he's going to score. Yeah. I can't but say I'm, the same for us. Rashford is so an Everton player. Like, like Rashford is an Everton player, basically. He should be there by Everton as coming off the bench for Everton. I humbly apologize for like, ever comparing Mbappe to Rashford. No, no, Rashford to Mbappe. Like, honestly, don't do that. I don't think Ole is the problem. I no, really don't. Ole, we've had problem. so he's, many he's managers problem. come in and go. The team is the problem, guys. The team is the problem. Those people are average as fuck and then they rely on other people. Like, we can't be Manchester United all the time. Even though it's warranted, yeah, because it's VAR, so yeah, we deserve those penalties. VAR said so, but still, like, why is it that when those boys get the ball, they do not score? Even Greenwood is scoring more than those young boys, and he's 18. So now I'm just like, uh uh-uh. uh, it's not making sense. Please, it's, I don't believe Ole is the fault. Those niggas are average as fuck, and they don't deserve to play for Manchester United. We deserve good players. But do we deserve Ole as coach? Do we deserve Ole as coach is my question. Because Ole is also a little boy. As a manager, he's a little boy. He has no temperament for this level. He isn't built for this level. Like, that's the honest thing. He should be there by Derby County, managing or Portsmouth or something. Like, he should be there in championship and league two, league, whatever. Not here in the big boy stages. I don't believe so. I, I believe he's doing a good job for... for where we came from as a team, like especially this past season, just to end up in top four, that's a lot. Like, that's a lot. He's playing with average ass players who are inconsistent, who don't even have the drive to win, people who need to be pushed to win, and we can't deal with those people. So my take is... But he can't push them to win. No, but the thing is, at some times you need your manager there to be doing the pushing, and he can't do that. He doesn't have the capacity to actually push these niggas to win. All he knows how, to do... how many coaches have Rashford, Marshall, and all those people gotten in the past couple of years and still you still want to play blame the manager? Oh, no, guys. At, at this point, at least, Mourinho gave us a at, Europa at least we got a Europa Mourinho. Mourinho could drag those boys to win a Europa title. Listen. Marino's These boys are average as fuck. And I'm not even going to blame the manager. I really, I'm sick and tired of us blaming managers when we have average as fuck players who don't want to win. We have dancers in that whole front line. <laughs> I will link that coming there to, to do a you know, moon, moonwalk on the, on the pitch. Bunch of losers. Besides Igalo the- busy playing songs. Every time they're playing songs in the changing room, those boys are number one dancing. But when it comes to scoring, they're number what? Uh-uh, please. We need Imagine. to stop blaming Ole. Like, those people need to refocus and reprioritize. They're supposed to play football. And if they're not playing football, we need to call those niggas out on it. Especially Lingard. Just because you score when you come this one, two, doesn't make you a good player. <laughs> Let's talk about that nigga. He should Lingard. be playing. Yeah, He's a bottom half team. Championship player, in fact. To close this off, though, guys. You know what? I just want to ask. We've got a big final tomorrow, though. Uh-huh. Uh, Bayern or PSG? PSG. PSG. Um, my boy Mbappe needs to you know, finish his, his cabinet and just fill up with that Champions League title. So PSG for me. You guys think, you guys think they're going to stop those Germans? Those wild oil Germans who 
they, they probably say Hail Hitler in the <laughs> in private. Those Germans are winning. Alfonso Davies will be doing a madness there, but like you know, <laughs> I, but I faith in PSG. Huh? I'm saying that guy's fighting for his life, bro. That yeah. guy was like a PG. But then to... also, they might be trumped by experience. I would yeah. like to think Bayern Munich is a more experienced team, and therefore they might be yeah. able to handle the pressure of a final. But if Better. you look at the PSG, PSG team, it's more young. They they are hungry, yes, but then if they start losing, they might just end up, you know, losing it. But Bayern might have the temperament to handle a loss initially and then come up on top. That's my thinking. Yeah, so I don't know, man. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I don't want Buffett to win because he called us a uh, farmer's league. He <laughs> <laughs> was so impressed. Uh, he was so upset, dude. He got so upset. <laughs> but then PSG looks like he's hungry enough to get it. I believe they, be they have to be really good players. It's going to be so fun. And the banter. You see, I like games like this where we're not involved. We can yeah. just talk. You just we watch freely. Watch freely. But, All right. guys, I think that's, we're close to the end. Um, to our special guest, thank you, Crazy. Really appreciate you taking the time to actually speak to us. And um, Thank you, guys. I had such an amazing time talking to you. Mm-hmm. And, but, yeah. And... To close us off under Albo again, another episode. This was suggested by Karizi again. Unfortunately, it's another song of Burner Boy off an old album. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah